Hey, faith family. Welcome to the Beyond Sunday podcast at Calvary Bible, where we go beyond the Sunday sermon to explore some rabbit holes and to bring some biblical truths to the surface. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Calvary Bible Church, welcome back to another episode of Beyond Sunday with Frickin' Frack. Mm-hmm. Mutt and Jeff. <laughs> oh, good. Uh, speaking of jokes, Randy. Oh. It's just we're going to start off strong this week. Uh, I'm overdue. Yeah, I mean, you know my dog. Uh, you know, she got in trouble for chasing people on a bike. So do you know Not what Flynn. I Yeah, do you know what I did? I took the bike from her. Now that... That's, that's so lame. <laughs> Poor Flynn. Uh, she can't, you know, can't have her bike anymore. I feel like I need my coffee she cup put. with those, that guy on the dock, whatever his name <laughs> All right. Uh, into the... Yeah, we got through it. Somewhat more important stuff. Yes. John 15, uh, the very last of our core values, nice. right? CBC values here. Mm-hmm. Um, so just a little background question, because mm-hmm. this is one that has, I think, the longest history. And when we were talking about what are the values here at Calvary Bible, I think this was the first one to make the cut or the easiest one to kind of mm-hmm. hone in on because of it, its presence already. So uh, my recollection is that it was a term that you started using or had been using even before your time here. Mm-hmm. So can you just give us a little history of where that term come from? Did you copyright it, you know, or did you steal it from somebody and never give them credit? Yeah, I didn't. Um, I did not steal it from anyone. Um, by the way, it's interesting nowadays, uh, you know, the Genesis commentary that I was working on with John Soden for all mm-hmm. those years is, yeah. is at the publisher. And okay. so I, we got an email this past week that said that they ran it through plagiarism software. Oh, okay. Interesting. And that may not be the technical term for it, I'm sure, yeah, but that's what it does. Pick it's, up on. Yeah. And they said it passed. So I nice. was really glad to. Uh, Faith Family uh, was not plagiarized. It came about prior to my arrival here Mm -hmm. because of the vibe of just uh, wanting to be a part of a church that was close, uh, close knit emotionally Mm -hmm. uh, rather than just um, sort of that Bible church feel of, you know, we're all here together because we, we want to learn a lot about the Bible. Yeah. So the previous church was like that. Uh, very much a Bible church. That's not the name of it, but it was a very similar independent Bible church feel. But I was trying to create a family atmosphere. And so that term came to me. And <clears throat> part of it was to the, um, what would you call it? Just sort of the wordsmithing mm-hmm. of it was part of it. Uh, back then in the early days, um, I was doing a lot of that type of thing with you know, uh, teaching preachers. And so the wording itself or, you know, faith-family just sort of, it, it sounded right to me. Yeah. But more more importantly, as I said, was just the feel of it, just mm-hmm. that it would create hopefully an identity that was realistic. And so when, when we arrived here in the grace of our Lord, you know, 2003, um, that was sort of already sort of ingrained in me. Yeah. No, that's good. Yeah. And I think it um, it really has been an identifier 
and help to form an identity for this place. So, um, yeah, that's interesting. Good to know. Uh, and honestly, you know, again, I don't, I, I, you know, I don't start talking like that way back then thinking that it's going to become a thing. Yeah. I just, yeah. Sometimes I, things... I just wanted to, you know, uh, I just wanted to portray a certain mindset. So I'm, yeah. I'm glad that it, it gets tossed around. I'm more happy that it's a reality here in, mm-hmm. in a lot of sectors. I, I know it's not perfect here, but sure. a lot of new people that come, when they talk to me about their, their early experiences here, they, they feel the love uh, amongst us, which I, I think is just fantastic. And I just give God the credit for all of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's a hard but important thing to to maintain uh, love for each other while also mm. having open arms to other people, yeah. you know, to come in and be a part yeah. of what's happening here. And it was the other thing, just to be fair too, I mean, to be uh, accurate about the history, um, you know, when we arrived here, you know, you might have even been one of the people that contributed to this because there was a sense of when a new person came, usually... Uh, like you know, Kim and Linda Lippiet, mm-hmm. uh, dear Kimbers with the Lord now, but, but they you know, they were often one of the ones that would invite you invite you to lunch. Mm-hmm. So, <coughs> excuse me. So you have you have that in place here, where people are very quickly uh, talking to new people, but but more than talking to them, making them feel a part of this place and say, hey, come eat with us, and mm-hmm. you know. So that's a credit to maybe you and, and the others. Yeah. Uh, it's amazing. I was actually just reading last night about the importance of meals. Yeah. Not just family meals, but like having other, sharing meals with friends and other people. Yeah. Just bringing them into life. Yeah. With sharing life together. Well, let me say so to you too, to yeah, it is, you know, you know, on Sunday mm-hmm. when you, uh, we haven't done this for a long time, but when you invited uh, folks to greet each other, mm-hmm. I don't know if you caught just how overwhelming that, that buzz was. I mean, oh, that, yeah. that was like a, I picked and then up at on the it, end, I couldn't you, rein it in. Yeah. And my mom, interesting, you know, my mom who uh, watches faithfully the live stream from Maine, from the state of Maine. And, um, you know, she and I were sharing yesterday, we're not huge fans of that practice, mm-hmm. even though we're both very social people. Okay. But that, but, but Sunday's experience though, mm-hmm. was there was nothing awkward about that. There was just, I think people were just caught up in the joy of being together and mm-hmm. loving each other, a lot of hugs. Uh, so that, I thought that was great. Yeah. Uh, you know, and part of it is we, d- we haven't done it for a long time. Right. So it had a, you know, it had a freshness to it. But it was a great faith family event, mm-hmm. mini event. Yeah. Yeah. Those aren't my favorite times either, you know, especially if, you know, and I, I addressed it, but if you're new to the church, you're like, oh my goodness, this is going to be yeah. brutal, painstaking. Yeah. And we had, but... we had a guy from Ethiopia. Oh, did uh, we? I met okay. him. I met him. He, he, th- he was very bright uh, in the sense that he, he wrote his name out on a bulletin. So that when he could, because he said his name to me, I, I greeted him in the foyer. He, <laughs> mm-hmm. he said his name. I had trouble repeating it back. So he flipped his bulletin over and showed the, the handwriting oh. of his name. I thought that's bright to, yeah. to do that because he knew what to expect. But, I, but as soon as you said that, I, w- I wish I could have found him back there somewhere because yeah. he was here with some of his children uh, attending uh, Calvary, big, big Calvary in Lancaster, but they just moved to Mount Joy. 
And so he he just came to see how it was. And I hope it was a good experience. But he was one of those primary ones that got caught up in the, he probably got mobbed. Yeah. I hope he uh, got mobbed in a good way. Me too. Yeah. Yeah, Sure he probably did. I hope. Cool. Anyway, that's enough of that. Yeah, that's fun. All right. So into the sermon, um, we're going to just come in hot and heavy here. Mm -hmm. You ready for this? I am. Um, So it was towards the end of the sermon. I don't, it did, to me, it's just me guessing, right? I don't think you intended to do this, but you did. You stepped into the uh, off-the-cuff part of Randy's sermon. You started talking about Democrats and Republicans. Oh, yeah. 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 Was that planned or did you just in your uh, mind and no, not sure no, if that, you were going to go there? No, it wasn't planned. Like, it wasn't anywhere in the notes, but it just seemed to be in my head like that's the most unlikely occurrence yeah so here, here's my question yeah. because um and i don't want to get you in trouble here that's fine no actually it'd be okay we're all getting in trouble yeah. together um so yeah the context of it was in a church you might find a jesus loving democrat and a jesus loving republican and from what i was gathering you were saying those two sh- like their love for each other right ought to not be impeded by or hindered by their difference of political views or parties anyway, right? Yeah, yeah. My my aim, my aim was to that was an that was in my head the best example of of out there. Mm-hmm. Um, how's, how's the verse go? That you know, by this shall all men know that you're my disciples if you love one another. And mm-hmm. so here would be a great example of here's two Christians, two different political views. But out there, the non-believing person knows that they're Christians and they see their love for each other despite their political views. And therefore, they, they uh, um, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples. So their love for each other testifies to their being a Christ follower mm-hmm. was what I was really trying to get at. So how is that possible? Why is that important? That well, how is it possible? I think yeah. it's just the the the, the love of one another is uh, that affection for a faith family member uh, goes way above any type of differences of opinions about anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there can't be anything. Uh, sh- I mean, and, and obviously we have to stay within orthodoxy. So you don't have a you don't have a um, you don't have a division over. The deity of Christ, for instance, which separates believers and non-believers, you've got two Christians who love each other, and that affection for the for the brother or sister overcomes any other type of uh, potential division. Certainly, a political one. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, but I do think that's a great example. It's one that we see and hear about, especially in in, a, in an election year. Um, but I think the outside world thinks those two people can't really get along or be friends. But in a Christian context, following Jesus, they not just can, but should. Yeah, because out there, I mean, I know this isn't the case across the board, but by and large, though, the, the you know, the way uh, politics is so divisive mm-hmm. these days that you don't have, uh, you don't have natural non-Christian people on either end of the political spectrum loving each other. Usually that's not the case. It becomes a very bitter, yeah. you know, rivalry and uh, tough words are said. And, and so, 
uh, in my mind, uh, especially in what I'm reading, uh, and what, what was on my mind, of course, was all this discussion about we had the Iowa caucuses and then the uh, the New Hampshire primary, mm-hmm. uh, South Carolina this week or uh, it's coming up soon. Yeah. And so with all of that reading that I've been doing, just mm-hmm. bits and pieces of, it, I thought, yeah, loving each other. That's a good example of how extreme it should be mm-hmm. for Christ followers to love each other, despite all these ideological differences, political differences. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's take that, uh, you know, kind of a practical level here. Um, you mentioned one thing, but the question is, mm-hmm. what, what are some practical things that we can do, especially those people who aren't naturally loving or affectionate? And let me just throw Calvary Bible Church under the bus. Mm-hmm. That's probably not the stereotype that we would have historically, yeah. and it's definitely an area we can we can grow in. As, mm-hmm. as strong as of a faith family feel we have around here, mm-hmm. you know, there's still a, in a, I don't know, part of who we are has been not uh, an emotionally driven, affectionate church, yeah. but we're, we want to keep growing in that. So what are some of the things that people who tend to be less affectionate, more closed off, what can yeah. we do to open ourselves up to that, to grow or to stretch ourselves? Yeah. I, I mean, earlier this week, uh, well, today's only Tuesday. So, but yesterday when I, was beginning to think about beyond Sunday, I thought, you know, the hardest thing about this particular text is it is kind of difficult to put into practice beyond Sunday, but this is a good start to say to someone who's really not, uh, uh, not into this yet. Mm-hmm. The place to start, I think, is to start small with making sure that you are connected to someone in this faith family and start there. Now, some some practical things on my on my mind though on Sunday and beyond Sunday was I really think that if you're new to us, really the burden is on you to take some initiative and make sure that you are somewhere on Sundays, at least on Sundays, developing a relationship with someone. Mm-hmm. I mean, the easiest way to do it is, and you know all this. Uh, you know, the Sunday school classes, the ABF classes, the, the care and share groups, they're huge. Mm-hmm. So I think for some of our newer folk that especially are not prone to get heavily involved with someone else, uh, I think you need to start small and make sure that you've got someone on your radar, maybe one or two people on your radar, and you have to make a connection, mm-hmm. whether it's a phone call, a text, a, a, an email or something, and start with this. Um I just, the affection part is the part where I I just really believe that that's, you go to God and you ask God to give you feelings for people. I I think that's a big part of it. If if it doesn't come natural to you, and I want to say, okay, if it doesn't come natural to you, and and I mean natural, if it's Mm -hmm. not natural, you want supernatural. So what we do is we go to God and we say, God, would you develop in us a heart of love for others? Mm -hmm. I mean, I have to ask him for that if it's not me. It has to be something that he develops in me so that that I have the capacity, the desire and the capacity for affection for these people that are not my family, but they're my faith family. So I I think, you know, a couple of things. Take the initiative and, 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 you know, reach out. 
but also ask God to help you with your affections. Does that yeah. make sense? Or for yeah, just well, opening? It does. And one of the things you said on Sunday was, and you reiterated it here, at least to a, an extent, was make time to get to know someone, right? Just hmm. make time. Yeah. Um, so, but when you say affectionate person, mm-hmm. like an affectionate person, I think of, you know, someone like the image that comes to my mind is someone from the South like that. They're just warm, yep. you know, they want to put their arm around you yep. and just make you feel welcome and they're hospitable. Yeah. Is that what we're talking about here? Is it part of it? I think it's part of it. I think that, I think though, if you, if you just took stock of your emotions and just ask yourself, do you have affection for your faith family? Just, mm-hmm. that's not, that's not beyond your ability to figure that out. What would the opposite of that be? Uh, I think the opposite is apathy, mm-hmm. not not hatred. Now, mm-hmm. now, the hatred term and the love term will come up again this uh, this coming Sunday when we get back into Matthew ten. But for in this in this particular context of faith family, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. I think that you you can you can judge whether or not you are apathetic towards other Christians in church. Mm-hmm. So remember a couple of different times I was saying on Sunday, fight against the American tendency to attend church, but you don't get any connection. So you come to church, you leave church, but there's never a sense of which you feel anything for anyone around you. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, this is, it's not fair for me to say to you, you should feel what I feel because as a shepherd, I do feel intense affection for these people. I really do. Mm-hmm. All of them. Uh, y- y- you know, the hard part is some of them I don't know yet. I haven't even met yet. Yeah. Now, now, especially this last year or so. So it's not like I'm saying you should feel what I feel to that extent. But I am saying you can't put this, as I said on Sunday, you can't put this commandment into practice without affection. Yeah. There's just no way to do it. So... Is there is there a sense of apathy is the opposite? Yeah. So not that people, not that you would expect someone to have the same level of affection or type of affection that you do. I would not expect that. That just to me is unreal. But, right, what are some of the ways that that has been created mm-hmm. in you that you have a pulse on yeah. that maybe they will be encouraged or challenged to hear? My mentor, one of my earliest mentors... Uh, Jeff Watson, who mm-hmm. signed that he was the top signature of my ordination at uh, back then it was Grace Bible Church in Lanham, Maryland. Uh, you know, Jeff was the one who taught me this immediately, just through hugs. Mm-hmm. It was such a simple, it was such a simple gesture. But as I was in ministry training informally after seminary, being in his church, being a part of the leadership, watching him in action in his staff. He exuded, he, he displayed this regularly. There was a, a, he just, he just made you feel cared for. Mm -hmm. It wasn't, it wasn't fake. It wasn't mushy. It was none of that. It was just a genuine, you know, uh, just a genuine hug that said, oh yeah, he really loves me. You Mm -hmm. know, that's really where it started for me. It's like, wow. Okay. So that's the way you do it. Sometimes that was in hospital visitation, Mm -hmm. you know, but he was just so, good that way. And, and again, Jeffrey was one of those very interesting guy, um, affectionate with the hugs and all that, but not, a, a um, what would you call it? Not a, a, a guy that would cry easily necessarily. He, he wasn't mm-hmm. like that. It, there was affection, but balanced with 
I don't know. Uh, he certainly was <laughs> better than I am. I, I cry easily at everything. He didn't. He was not like that. But he, but he still displayed affection for people, mm-hmm. and everybody knew it. You know. So you watching cry him, easily. I did. Oh my word! All the time. Yeah, like, I, I didn't. Katie wasn't making fun of me on Sunday, but no. she started to get teared up. She, she did. Said, I'm pulling a Jonathan over Yeah, here. I'm constantly fighting back tears. Yeah, I don't think I've because, ever seen you cry because you've been in these scenarios where <laughs> you know you've been in the tough scenarios uh, where you're doing baby dedications, yeah. and you know how that you've mm-hmm. done. You've done a number of them memorial services now so you know what that's like at times depending on the person mm-hmm. you know so yeah so that's why you do it but just you're, letting you know letting your emotions at least come out yeah even if you're not even if you're like you know if you're like jeff if you're not the type of guy that or gal that that cries that doesn't mean you don't you're not you can't be affectionate with other people yeah so mm-hmm. i i think i think Practically speaking, this whole section of loving, you know, verse 12, which is where it started, verse 17, where it ends, you know, again, the book ends of love one another, love one another. Mm-hmm. That commandment is so critical um, and it can't be accomplished without you and I having affection for other people in the faith family. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, you know, it's, it's, I, couldn't, I couldn't think of anything more important, honestly. And I, and I thought about... You know, look at the combination of being biblically shaped at the top of our core values and then faith family. And according to this scripture, uh, you know, being biblically shaped is we have to worship by putting this commandment into practice. Our faith family is better for it. Honestly, we are. You just mm-hmm. think about how the the um, the atmosphere is in this place when people can enter worship and and love the people around them mm-hmm. it changes your worship experience yeah i mean i i i am blessed by this every single weekend i come to church i'm greeted by all kinds of people i get to greet all kinds of people i love them they love me most of them uh you know uh, lou was kind on sunday of course to blurt out that you know um it's a great feeling mm-hmm. which is a part of christianity according mm-hmm. to these texts yeah. Now the other thing is, uh, I don't know if you remember this, but if you this um this commandment, you know that you love one another. Remember, I said the danger of knowing these words a little bit is if they take this as the agape word, which I think it is, um, then they sterilize it. It's like they take the affection yeah. out of it, which is the saddest thing in the world for me. Right. Yeah. So uh, when I go back, sure. when I go back and check a Greek lexicon or mm-hmm. a, a Greek dictionary, mm-hmm. I do that because I want to get to what is the meaning of this word lexically, agape. Mm-hmm. But then I want to know what does it mean theologically. In other words, how it's being used in this particular context. And you cannot just make this. Well, this is a decision that you make to to you know to do good to the other person. That's agape without emotion. You can't do that. That is not. That's not what this word means. Yeah. So, um, and Jesus's example of that is full of affection. Oh my word! And I, I probably and I probably cheated that. <laughs> I mean, I did thank the Lord. I did go back and, and before I got to uh, verse fourteen, I backpedaled quickly and said, "Oh, I can't cheat the end of twelve and thirteen. He gave his life for us." Yeah. I mean, and that's not yep. well. I don't. You know, I don't know them. I really don't like them, but. Uh, you know, I don't feel close to them, but well, I'm going to die for them. Mm-hmm. No, no. Um, so try and put a bow on this, mm-hmm. kind of tie it together here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've got a church 
you know, on an average Sunday, there's roughly 350 a year, which is more than someone can know, you know, or the yeah. average person knows, doesn't even know everybody. Yeah. Um, but you're going to have these smaller circles for one reason or another, mm -hmm. you know, friends, yep. neighbors. Yep. Who you uh, sit next to. Yeah, <laughs> Even exactly. church. Right. Who you sit next to, yeah. people who are in your care and share group, yep. ABF, et cetera. And, you know, that, that group might blow up to 100, 150, mm. you know. And so, but whether your group's a smaller group, you know, right now, or if you consider a larger number, we ought to be showing affection and love for one another in some of these really practical ways. And yeah, I mean, we're not we're not a South American, Central American country where it's mm -hmm. it's you know culture to greet with a, a hug and a kiss before you leave. Sure, but there's something really cool about that when you know you go into a context like that and you do begin to establish relationships. And there's that small connection of a of a hug to say goodbye or the holy kiss, you know. And that's yeah. not part of our context. Yeah. But there's there's something there yeah. that we don't want to just no. brush off. Even a warmth, even and more warmth in a greeting, whatever the greeting is. Mm -hmm. and maybe it's not the hug. Maybe it's not a holy kiss. Whatever the greeting is, is there affection in the greeting? If I shake someone's hand, is it indifferent? Or is it affectionate? Um, you can do you the know double if I hand. touch them on the shoulder, a you can do double hand. If I you know a touch on the shoulder, I mean they've done. Yeah. I mean I don't want to bore you with all, but they've done research on this. This is amazing, right? How about this? If I lose my wallet and he finds it, you've heard this, right? No. Oh, okay. So he, I lose my wallet, he finds it. <laughs> if I go up to him and I touch him on the shoulder and say wow, I lost my wallet and you have it. They, the research shows that that person who does that, the person is going to respond better uh, than, than without the touch. It's, a, it. it's fascinating that mm -hmm. you think that the, the closing the gap emotionally with a person that's a stranger mm -hmm. gives you better odds to get your stuff back. Mm -hmm. So there is, I mean, there's something... You know, I, I read this quirky stuff all the time, and I think God has hardwired all of this into his creation. Yeah. People respond to affection. <laughs> you made me think. My mom always said, if she wants you to hear her, she'll put her hand on you. <laughs> That's Because you pay attention more when someone's touching you yeah. <laughs> as opposed to just verbal. I'll remember that. If your mom touches me when she's talking about that, I better she's focus. Serious, I better right? focus. Focus. Yeah. Um, good. And, and all of this, remember, all of this stuff, and I didn't say this uh, at all, I don't think on Sunday, but all of this presupposes, assumes that this is affection amongst family members, right? This is, this is holy affection for a family member. This is not uh, immoral type of affection. It's not like that. This is God mm -hmm. helping us love each other in the faith family. Yeah. You know, that's why it's a holy kiss. Mm -hmm. Yep. And that's all important for us yeah, here. It is. Yeah, for the body. Yeah. Good. Anything else to add? This is beyond Sunday. You can. I, I'm going to stop. Okay. Good. Thank you. All right. Thanks for uh, listening through the podcast. Uh, if you have any questions, you can email them in to podcast at cbcmj.com. Is that where it goes? Yep. Excellent. Dot com. And we'll be happy to answer those questions. I love you. I love you. 
Yeah. We love you. Especially if it's we... my mom. <laughs> yeah, my mom too. There you go. All right. Have a great week and we'll see you on Sunday. Thanks again for joining us on today's episode. And remember, our Sunday sermons are meant to lead us to a life of worship beyond Sunday.